Discover over 100 episodes of Bartholomew Town on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Alzheimer's uh, education and, and Alzheimer's uh, legislative action are those areas that Rhode Island has an opportunity to be a national and global leader in? Absolutely. I think we're at a really great uh, position right now where we have a uh, state government and uh, state agencies that uh, have taken this incredibly seriously. Welcome in to another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Bartholomew. On today's episode, I sit down with Eric Kramer of the Alzheimer's Association's Rhode Island chapter. And a lot of work in terms of legislation, in terms of education and action in Rhode Island this year when it comes to Alzheimer's. Uh, It was first brought to my attention, honestly, by the Lieutenant Governor's Office. Uh, I attended a presser, I think it was like February, um, that the package, the Alzheimer's plan, uh, was had been proposed by the lieutenant governor. And, of course, that was based on collaboration with all sorts of players uh, when it comes to addressing this serious public health concern. So very happy to have Eric Kramer of the Alzheimer's Association Rhode Island chapter to take a look at some of the action that's gone on in Rhode Island which, as you'll hear, was quite apolitical, uh, quite bipartisan, and perhaps a standard which we might be able to apply to other issues. Support for Bartholomew Town comes from Lagunitas Brewing Company, helping to present Elmwood Songwriters Club, a recurring performance series featuring intimate sets by Rhode Island artists from a variety of communities held at the Bartholomew Town Loft in the Elmwood neighborhood of Providence. Here's hoping you're off to a most excellent start to your Labor Day weekend, and that I can be your companion as you travel or lay around on the beach or whatever it is you're doing. Without further ado, my conversation with the Alzheimer's Association Rhode Island Chapters, Eric Kramer. We were just saying on the way in, it's been a good year if you can have a good year for a disease or for a public health concern um, in terms of on the legislative front, this was a good year for Alzheimer's in Rhode Island. But of course, it's sort of a a, a bifocal process, you know, education and legislation, and then also the disease itself and combating that. So um, let's go right into your work in Rhode Island, what you're doing in terms of working with the legislature, working with the general public to uh, inform uh, people about Alzheimer's, inform people about Alzheimer's legislative action, and uh, and also just in general some of the work you're doing in the, in the community to kind of bring... Um, broader attention to the public health concern that that Alzheimer's presents. Absolutely. So with the Alzheimer's Association in uh, partnership with many uh, stakeholders that certainly include the Lieutenant Governor's Office as well as the Department of Health and uh, the, the Office of Healthy Aging here in the state, uh, plus many of the uh, the research facilities that we have and uh, some, of, some of the other uh, partners that we have across the state, both uh, governmental and private, uh, have really worked to try to update our state plan on Alzheimer's disease and uh, to really look at that as a blueprint on how to address uh, this particular issue. And uh, because there's been a significant increase in individuals that have Alzheimer's disease, there's over 23,000 people here in the state that uh, have it, and it's uh, increasing significantly. And it's becoming obviously a, a bigger problem as uh, we have a aging community here in Rhode Island. We have a very high percentage of our 
residents that are of uh, senior age. Uh, so it's going to be an, an immediate issue and a long-term issue that has to be addressed. And uh, really trying to educate uh, not only legislators uh, and state office holders, but also uh, the general public uh, about the resources that are available and about the needs to try to address this, uh, both through trying to increase uh, funding and awareness for research opportunities, but as well as what people can do on a day-to-day basis to uh, be more aware of uh, maybe their loved ones who have it to try to get them the uh, resources that they need, but also, uh, you know, maybe some ways to try to help themselves in regards to, um, if you if you can, you know, those things that might be able to stem the tide of it uh, to either prolong it or to stop it. And, you know, obviously we've been making uh, great inroads as a, uh, as a nation to try to uh, accomplish those things, which, you know, I certainly could talk about on the research front because there's been a lot that's uh, been done. But you know, I think the state plan as a uh, blueprint uh, to try to address this, both through uh, looking at research opportunities, uh, through uh, brain health messaging to the general public, and then uh, having uh, the Department of Health uh, have a uh, direct office to try to address this and to create programs uh, to try to provide training for uh, healthcare facilities and for physicians and nurses, uh, as well as you know looking at data and uh, looking at you know where we go from here. And I think that was the the first part of it. And uh, passing that resolution to uh, really take that state plan that the lieutenant governor championed this year. Uh, and uh, really looking at that as your, especially if you're a legislator, looking at that as your uh, guidebook to what legislatively could be done uh, each year to try to address this. And uh, I think the the biggest uh, legislative bill that was passed this year uh, was, uh, I'll call it an omnibus bill because it was so comprehensive in nature, uh, was it did create a program within the Department of Health now. Uh, that's uh, going to be implemented. Uh, and uh, it had uh, particular dates uh, associated with that, with uh, certain tasks that uh, would need to be done. And that would include having a uh, direct office uh, that would be addressing the uh, the issues around Alzheimer's and dementia, and then having a volunteer advisory council made up of uh, professionals and uh, other uh, appointed office holders uh, to really look at that data, uh, work with the Department of Health uh, to see how the program is working. And then it would also require training for uh, physicians and nurses uh, on uh, at least an hour of training on uh, dementia and Alzheimer's uh, related issues in, in regards to patients. And uh, it also would uh, require a uh, Alzheimer's plan for healthcare facilities in this state. Uh, and it had also looked at trying to uh, create uh, a protocol for assessment uh, for Alzheimer's disease. Uh, so it's pretty comprehensive. And that, that was uh, a major bill that was passed. And it was its first year of being proposed. And it was a very similar bill that got passed last year in Massachusetts. Uh, ours is different only in uh, very small ways. And uh, it was a really big victory, I think, for uh, you not only those individuals that have been impacted, but also really trying to address this as a state. And uh, having uh, those two uh, pieces of legislation get passed this year was is major. It's it's truly big in nature because there's certainly some other pieces of legislation that were passed, but I think those were the two biggest ones by far. Yeah, I remember. I mean, it seems like it must have been February or March, maybe January, where I was at the state house at a presser, and the lieutenant governor's people handed me um, a booklet with the Alzheimer's plan, at least a draft version. Well, not a draft version, but an early version thereof. And that's what the, the first thing that came to my mind as well. It's comprehensive that it's not unusual, but it's ideal in that it involves all stakeholders, it seems, on the governmental side, on the the, the, uh, the healthcare provider side, and on the public side. And then also, of course, on the, the, the uh, you know, the research front, 
which is like suppose somewhere between academia and uh, and uh, you know public uh, health as well. But what what's the next step forward? I guess you know now that you you've kind of laid out, you've gotten you've pulled in uh, many stakeholders in Rhode Island. You've got these solid pieces of legislation through. So is it more about educating the public now, letting them know uh, the you know, basically what you're up to here? I was, absolutely. I think yeah. that's one of the biggest uh, concerns is really looking at uh, what the legislation is requiring and then how to implement some of that. Uh, that could be done through uh, regular activity through the Department of Health, through its uh, regular messaging, uh, through uh, organizations like the Alzheimer's Association, uh, where we can continue to try to provide educational programs for those that have been impacted and then looking at uh, trying to educate the public in general about you know what to look for, the 10 warning signs of Alzheimer's disease. Uh, and that can go with any age because there's certainly there's younger onset Alzheimer's as well, unfortunately. So those individuals that are uh, under that official senior age uh, that get that uh, younger onset of the disease. And it's just knowing what to look for, some of those warning signs, and then you know getting the proper uh, assessments that they need, going to their physician, asking questions, encouraging them to talk to their physicians. And of course, educating physicians on the need for them to be asking their patients questions about sure. their cognitive health because it's, it all... It, it all comes together too. And I think uh, on the research side of things, there's been some really great strides made in, you know, unfortunately not being able to find a cure or uh, like a real major treatment yet. But I think looking at how to assess whether somebody has Alzheimer's disease, there's been some uh, excellent research that have been done that has been released this year, it just uh, came out uh, from our. Uh, international conference that we held uh, earlier in July in Los Angeles, uh, where we are looking at uh, how to look at blood testing and see uh, how we might be able to test for the proteins that make up some of those biomarkers of uh, Alzheimer's disease, that um, really those tau proteins and the the amyloid production and looking at what... uh, because right now it's just a PET scan that's being done that, and that can be very invasive in nature because it's a spinal tap. Uh, sometimes health insurance companies don't cover that. And, you know, it's, it's, and sometimes it's not available in, in where you live. So there's some issues around some of that. So it's not always difficult to, it's not always easy to be able to assess if somebody actually has it. But uh, earlier on, if people can get blood tests done, uh, and I think some of those research opportunities that have been coming out, uh, looking at some of that protein production that's in the blood that might be that telltale sign that you actually, somebody has Alzheimer's disease or is, you know, starting to uh, get some of those biomarkers that, you know, that will help you earlier on in your life to be able to plan properly. so that you can, you know, take some actions to be able to uh, help yourself be able to, you know, whatever that may be, whether it's just planning ahead uh, for whether or not you or your loved one has Alzheimer's disease and, uh, you know, the, keeping them safe and uh, making sure that you've got that, those pro- uh, proper resources available to you if or when it happens and or to make sure that you start to do some of those activities that might be able to uh, stem the Alzheimer's production. So, you know, that could be that. And again, there's been research done on that as well looking at stimulating your brain, some of those th- those healthy behaviors that will uh, help you long-term, you know, just very simple things, just a proper diet, a heart health, all, all of those things, you know, stimulating your brain through reading, social engagement um, that will help 
uh, stop some of those uh, that potential of Alzheimer's disease developing in your body. And there's been studies that have shown that it it actually does work. It's 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 not the silver bullet to be able to stop Alzheimer's, but it's one way that researchers have found, uh, especially in uh, they looked at uh, women that it actually because unfortunately there's been statistics that have shown that women actually do get Alzheimer's at a higher rate than men. But some uh, women that actually uh, they work regular jobs uh, have statistically less uh, cases of Alzheimer's disease than women that haven't. Uh, so there's just all of those you know, various different things that have been done uh, through research, uh, both internationally and here in the United States and, and in Rhode Island. We've actually found incredible research facilities and opportunities here in the state for clinical testing as well, uh, over at Butler, uh, through over at Rhode Island Hospital, the uh, Memory and Aging Center, as well as at University of Rhode Island. It, it's amazing. We, we're actually right, right at the epicenter of a lot of the Alzheimer's research being done. Going back to uh, a point you'd mentioned, what are the 10 signs of, you know, or that you, a person should be concerned that they, or be, uh, you know, at least thoughtful that there's a possibility of Alzheimer's in their life, whether it's them or someone they're they're close to? What are those 10 signs? I think a lot of it, um, if you're looking at some of the classic signs of it, uh, one would be if somebody is exuding those behaviors that uh, are not really part of their regular personality. You know, it, that could be something along the lines of, you know, they forget how to do very simple tasks, uh, whether it's, you know, they don't remember how to work the microwave or, you know, if somebody, they don't know where electrical sockets are or what they are. And, you know, there's some of those things that, you know, some people might associate with uh, regular aging. It's there's really honestly, it's Alzheimer's disease is not a normal uh, part of aging. It's there's many individuals that, you know, they will never have some of those cognitive issues. And it's really some of those major things like they want they people will wander or they don't remember how to get home or they don't know how to start their car. You know, those things that are just so functional in nature that we do every day and then suddenly you don't know how to do it. Uh, that could be a major sign. You know, obviously, it could be signs of other things too. That's why it can't. It's not necessarily just always the you know the ap- absolute sign that you might have uh, dementia or uh, a form of it. Uh, but it's, it's just something to look out for. And I think it's also looking at um, you know the changes of just regular behavior, whether it's your personality. So it's somebody that you know might have a particular uh, you know might be mild mannered, and then uh, they're really getting irritable. And uh, you know I think that's another potential sign of it too. If you're looking at in conjunction with some of these other changes as well. Um, you know, another, certainly another, you know, warning sign could be, you know, they're doing behaviors that are risky and they just, they never were doing that. You know, they start smoking suddenly or, you know, other things, you know, they're being a little bit more, um, critical in nature that you you might be concerned about. And, And I think everybody needs to look out for some of those things too. Uh, you know, that goes for all of us I mean, at any age. And I think it's not just you're looking at, oh, now that I'm 65, now I got to wait, I got to worry about it. it. It's, I think everybody should always be uh, really being very uh, cognizant of this stuff. I mean, it's, it's important. And I think we take it for granted because we don't think about it. But, um, you know, I, I think people go day to day not thinking that they're going to get Alzheimer's disease or dementia. But it's incredibly prevalent in our society. And, you know, there's a whole host of factors that uh, could be the cause of it. I mean, it could be environmental. Uh, it could be genetic. I mean, it could be a, a whole combination of a lot of different things. Uh, and I think the best thing that we can do as a society is not only try to be as healthy as we can and to uh, stimulate ourselves in many different ways, both through physical activity and through uh, regular brain activity um, and social engagement with people, but also, uh, you know, keeping our bodies uh, in you know, good... 
in good order and being aware about it and educating our loved ones about it. asking them questions, um, you know, asking them about, you know, how they, how they're doing with things. You know, if somebody forgets something, have a conversation with them. Don't ignore it. Uh, you know, really have those, you know, heart to heart conversations. But I mean, there's certainly uh, resources available that uh, the Alzheimer's Association, uh, as well as other organizations can provide for people to kind of help some of those conversations because they can be difficult. Absolutely. Um, you had mentioned that the, the plan, the Rhode Island plan, a lot of it was taken from, or at least the, a lot of the ideas came from Massachusetts. That's not something that's totally unusual around these parts for any topic. But given some of the advocacy work that you're doing with your organization, the lieutenant governor and other players inside the state house, and just the general infrastructure of healthcare that's in Rhode Island, it doesn't seem like stakeholders necessarily communicate or work together uh, to the maximum effort all of the time. But is Alzheimer's research, Alzheimer's uh, education, and, and Alzheimer's uh, legislative action, are those areas that Rhode Island has an opportunity to be a national and global leader in? Absolutely. I think we're at a really great uh, position right now where we have a uh, state government and uh, state agencies that uh, have taken this incredibly seriously. And, you know, they're really trying to push forward with being able to uh, address this issue. Uh, and not every state has that opportunity right now. Uh, so we're really at the forefront of this battle against this disease. And I think that goes with trying to build those relationships and those connections with uh, all the stakeholders involved, both through state government and through the, the private entities that we have uh, that, you know, and we have incredible hospitals here that have uh, centers where they do research and they have those uh, memory and aging programs and clinical trials that they're working with uh, patients on. Uh, and uh, we, it goes with to really talking about uh, those opportunities with people. So let them know that they can t- participate and what that entails. And the more that we talk about that, whether it's through uh, tra- traditional classic uh, media messaging and or just regular conversations we have on a daily, daily basis uh, or you know, sharing some of that information through other alternative channels, whether it's social media, through you know, just regular discussions that we have with our friends and family. Uh, I, I think it goes a long way. And we're a small state, and you know, I think we're uh, a state that because we're small, we have some of those opportunities to uh, have that kind of close-knit connection with all of our uh, state agencies and partners here. Uh, and I think looking at federal funding and how that uh, correlates to some of the uh, activities that we're doing here. Uh, and I'll give a great example. If there's, uh, through the BOLD Act, which was passed federally at the very end of 2018 by Congress, uh, that provides infrastructure funding to address Alzheimer's disease. Uh, once that money is appropriated and implemented and being able to funnel down to the states to be able to utilize, uh, we can, as a state, be able to take some of that money and be able to utilize that with the Department of Health with its new program. So there's that synergy that goes with both federal legislation and state legislation. And that also means that we have to work with our Congress members as well uh, to talk about what we're doing on a daily basis and what our goals are and then see how that uh, correlates with what they're trying to accomplish and then working together. And we have a fantastic relationship, and we should, uh, with our members of Congress. And uh, they've taken a really big position uh, that they are for Alzheimer's disease funding, research, and other programs to be able to stem this, uh, including the uh, younger Onset Alzheimer's Act, which is right now in Congress right now, uh, and that bill would be able to open up opportunities for individuals that have been diagnosed with younger onset Alzheimer's under the age of 65 to get the same benefits that uh, individuals that already under the Older Americans Act, they'll be able to, those benefits that they're already able to get. 
uh, because they then be uh, designated as individuals that have younger onset, so they will need those same services. There was a bill that was proposed this year here in Rhode Island that was incredibly similar in its scope, but that funding from that federal act would be able to, if it was passed, be able to make uh, that money available here in the state to be able to utilize. So I think looking at both federal legislation and state legislation going forward, uh, which was done this year as well, with if you're looking at BOLD being an infrastructure federal act, and then looking at the Department of Health bill that was passed this year in the state to uh, address Alzheimer's, there's a really big connection there. Uh, so there's a, a cause and effect. We can utilize some of that. So having some of those close connections with our state, le- our state and federal legislators is extremely important. And we've been able to make some really great strides in being able to build those connections and uh, trying to get those conversations ongoing all the time. And I think at Rhode Island is really lucky that we have that uh, close relationship uh, through all of our uh, state legislators and you know and, and it's you know making them aware too about what they can do uh and maybe taking it seriously they don't have to necessarily have a connection to the disease they don't have to have a loved one or somebody that's close to them to have it uh, to make them aware and understand how important this issue is because it, it affects so many people uh it's just, it's one of those diseases and you know comparing diseases is certainly something that you know we would never never do uh it's just one of the facts around alzheimer's disease that there is no treatment or cure and and that's obviously really incredibly problematic and uh something that is very very concerning long term that we have to try to address as a as a country and as a nation uh and within our healthcare community but i think just the, even those in, individuals that have been impacted by alzheimer's disease um, you know being able to provide those resources for them ongoing you know so it's not always just about research it could be programs that are legislated or coordinated through local cities and towns to be able to make uh, life just a little bit easier for them and I, including their care caregivers as well and i think they are they go unnoticed and uh untalked about sometimes because uh unfortunately statistics have shown that a lot of the caregivers uh, especially the personal caregivers so the loved ones that are taking care of somebody who has alzheimer's uh many times they uh die before their uh their loved one uh, who has the disease uh and you know this and that could be a whole host of factors but it could just be this a lot of it is stress as well and it, it's uh, they need that respite in being able to uh, you know take some time to be able to take care of themselves and that's part of the awareness piece as well as being able to make sure that the caregivers are taken care of if I had a producer or an intern right now I'd ask them to pull up the uh, the voting record from and see you know just to get in the names but I'll ask you you know you had universal support on this so I mean it's tough to say bipartisan but multi-factional support far left, quote unquote, to across the right. I mean, did Mike Chippendale and, you know, uh, Moira Walsh each support this? Absolutely. You, you, unanimous. Got it. So all the bills were, uh, there were no votes against it. Uh, this was a gotcha. bill that everybody was for uh, because it affects so many people. And I think our General Assembly here, they really do understand the scope of the problem. Now, I think obviously going forward, it, when they're talking about legislative actions, now that this bill has passed, now it, it goes on uh, some of those stakeholders like the Department of Health to implement it. Uh, but going forward, what other legislation could be passed? And I think going back to the state plan, looking at some of those uh those pieces in there that were not necessarily in that omnibus department of health bill, uh, looking at how maybe they could look at, you know, camp uh, legislating campaigns around, uh, messaging around Alzheimer's and brain health, uh, maybe looking at some other pieces that could be done that, you know, we're, 
long-term issues that could be addressed. Uh, maybe looking at some of those bills that were proposed this year that did not pass, like the access to uh, benefits for those with early onset Alzheimer's. Right. The, some where of those, the money starts to, when you start to spend more money, I guess it becomes a matter of like all budgets, priorities, right? So that's, it's just shifting the priorities of the more fiscally conservative minded uh, people in, 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 in uh, I guess in all levels, in all branches of government, really, uh, and, and trying to convince them that this is an apolitical issue and that, you know, regardless of fiscal woes or any other constraints, that it's something that's got to be, you know, it's it's a public health crisis almost, essentially. Is that how you're positioning it now? 100%. I mean, yeah. it's I, if you're looking at it even from a fiscal standpoint. I mean, it's uh, $290 uh, billion worth of uh, of money that uh, people are, are losing on this. I mean, this, this it's a, uh, as a state and as a federal government, I mean, we're spending a lot of money on, and it's on Alzheimer's disease. And, and, and dementia uh, in regards to some of those uh, those programs through health. And it's going to get bigger. And I think we need to look at how we can address this uh, as a nation, too, uh, to be able to stem some of that tide, both you know, as a government and for private citizens that are being affected because you know, it's an ex- extremely expensive disease. Uh, and it's going to uh, become an even bigger problem long term. And I think that's the other side of it, too, that we don't talk about. I mean, obviously, that's that's you know, that's money, but then if you then if you're talking about you know the some people have to stop working uh, to be able to take care of their loved one, and now they've lost wages. Uh, that that could be an issue. I mean, obviously, that's it's a big problem. It's going to get worse. Uh, so I think making more legislators and even city and state officials and town officials aware of this and what they can do, uh, you know, through programs at their senior centers and you know and having community forums and people talk with their local officials about some of these issues to, you know, what they can do uh, potentially, and even first responders, you know, what they can look out for uh, to be able to help this, you know, having uh, include more programs for uh, those people that wander, you know, so to have a, uh, even improve even more and enhance the system of uh, making more people aware of people that have been lost. And, you know, I think just more awareness in general, uh, I think we'll be able to do that, not only for state legislators, but uh, just regular everyday people like you and me. The, the more that we know and are prepared, uh, the better we are once, once or if this disease does touch our lives in some way. As always, thanks for joining in on the Bartholomew Town Podcast. I'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode. Have a spectacular Labor Day weekend, and we'll talk soon.